Okay, Parshas Vayigash. The Torah says here, 47.7, that finally Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim. Vayove Yosef as Yaakov Aviv Vayimedeil of Neparo. Yosef brought Yaakov his father, and he placed him, he stood him up in front of Paro. Vayivorech Yaakov is Paro, and Yaakov gave uh, Paro a bracha. Says, says the next pasuk, Vayemer Paro Yaakov, and Paro said to Yaakov, Kama yimeshne chayecha. Paro said to Yaakov, How old are you? How much literally are the years of your life? Vayemer Yaakov. Yaakov said to Paro, the years of my existence, I'm 130 years old. Hello. My life has been short, and bad. And the days of my life have not reached the life of my forefathers, and while they lived. Rashi says in their goodness. They weren't as good. Vayivorech Yaakov is Paro, and Yaakov gave a bracha to Paro Vayitzim with Neparo, and he left Paro. So he gave him two brachas? The first bracha, Rashi says, was a hello. Oh. He says, he sheila shalom. That was a hello. Oh. If you come to in front of a king, you have to say hello. Paro was a king. So out of respect, Yaakov said hello to him. The second one, Rashi says, is that he gave him a bracha on leaving his presence mm-hmm. and asking permission to leave. What was the bracha that he gave him? That the Nile River should come to his feet. Because Rashi explains, everybody knows that, that the way that the the way that the Egyptian um, crops grow is through irrigation. The, 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 the Nile River overflows and they, they dig tributaries from the Nile River and when it overflows, they carry the water to the crops. And because there is no rain in, in uh, there's no rain in Egypt, it doesn't really rain. If you had to rely, if you have to rely on the rain in Mitzrayim, then it would be, uh, it would be, it would be, uh, people wouldn't live there. It would have you be able to live there. And, the, and, and Yaakov gave him a bracha that the Nile River should come to his feet. And from his bracha and on, the Nile would go to his feet, wow. and it would and it would water the land. So basically, the famine was over at this point as a result of Yaakov's bracha. So there's the two different brachas. One was a shalom, one, both of them were shalom, but one was shalom aleichem, the other one was a goodbye. <coughs> so the um, there is a famous comment here by the Dasikin and Bale Hatoisvus. 
First they ask, the question is, why is it that the Paro asked, this is the question that he asked them, is why are you so old? So, the, how old are you? He didn't ask him how are you so old. He asked him how old he is. But so, it's a strange question. He saw that he was very, very old. Cyrus Roisha is a kind of Levonos, his, his hair and his, and his beard were white. Because of his old age, Shulkin, that's why he asked him. The Ramban explains that the usual um, the Ramban explains that the that the that the, the, the lifespan wasn't uh, Yaakov was 130 years old. <coughs> How old was Paro then? What? How old was Paro at that time? 70, 80. Okay. Uh, you didn't see an 130-year-old man. So it wasn't such a thing. It's like now, the, you have 130 men, he gets on the news. Mm-hmm. You have a 130-year-old man, he's already on New York Times, the front page. Mm-hmm. So it was like this. When Paro saw him, he was, he was surprised to see such a, such a thing. He looked like Yoda, probably. He's <laughs> an old man. So he asked him, what happened to you? But Yitzchak was older when he died. Yitzchak was older. Yeah, so... Yaakov was 130. So, so the... the what was the answer? That, that I'm 130 years old and it's been short and bad. My, my years are, are short. He said, well, you, you know, I'm not that old. But I look older than I am because because I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of tzaras, tzaras, stressed out. Causes. He's reading an article by Rabbi J. David Bleich in his book uh, Bioethical Dilemmas, and the article was about. Um, Maybe I'll remember. I don't remember the topic of the article, but he was. He wrote that a lot of a lot of diseases are. I saw are, are a lot of things that happen to people are psychosomatic. There have been studies done that if a person believes that they will die, then they actually can put their the organism of their body into a state that will eventually cause them to die. Person, if a person actually truly believes that. Sometimes it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you read, read that book in, uh, by, uh, about Louis Zamperini. Who? Louis Zamperini. He was from California. He was a runner. Unbroken. Uh, unbroken. Oh. Look, over there. So when they, when, they were, when they were at sea on the, on the boat, on the lifeboat after their plane crashed, they were, one of the guys believed that he was going to die. He, mamish, he thought he was going to die. He took all the chocolate, he ate all the chocolate. He stole all the chocolate, they had no food left. They had to, they had to eat the albatross, they had to eat the shark. They, they, you know. But he, he's the only one that died. He died. He, he, because he believed he was going to die, he died. Eventually he died. Well, so, is this consistent with um, uh, Victor Frankl's thing? <clears throat> 
Uh, it's consistent with Viktor Frankl, but it, but I don't. I wouldn't say that Viktor Frankl actually says it. The name of the book is uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Meaning. He claims over there that a, per, a person can uh, hinder somebody from controlling their mind, and the and the way that they can do that is by is by by um, imagining themselves in the future what they're going to do because a person who's being imprisoned and forced cannot be forced to think a certain way that's his thing so yeah he is also saying I mean I mean it's consistent with Hannibal Lecter also Hannibal Hannibal Lecter I mean in his mind he had a four a, 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 a mansion with many different rooms. So whenever they would they would put him and tie him up and put a mask over his head, he would just walk through the mansion, would visit uh, this room, the, the, this room and the other room, and see the different color schemes and the different. So he never. So he shouldn't go crazy. <laughs> you understand? That's quite. That's quite a bit of information. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, this is not the point. I was just. The point, the point is, is here. What you think is what you are very often. The, right. So the it says it's a Yaakov said to Paro. Listen, I, I'm not that old. I, I may I look old because of my my sorrows, my because of the, the the tribulations, the different vicissitudes of my life that that I have that that I have caused the the, the old age to come upon myself, even though I shouldn't look as old. But the Medrash here, the Thousand Kingdom quotes a Medrash like this. That Bishansha Omar Yaakov me'at v'royim hayu. As soon as Yaakov uttered the words that my life has been bad, Omar lo HaKodesh Baruch. Hashem said to him, I don't know if he said it better, he didn't have a prophecy. I don't know if Hashem actually communicated with him. But there was, in Shamayim, there was, as if Hashem would speak to him, this is what Hashem said. I saved you from Esau, your brother. I saved you from Lovin. Your, your father-in-law. Or your, your, uh, your, sorry, your brother-in-law. No, your father-in-law. I gave you your daughter Dina back from the uh, Shem that she was kidnapped. Gam Yosef, also your son Yosef, I saved. You're quetching about you're quetching about your life. You're quetching that your life is terrible. Look all the things I did for you. It's like the helicopter story. <laughs> I sent you a helicopter. I sent you a boat. And you're quetching. I mean, we talk We talk about Yaakov like this. Who understands, you know, what... But the simple reading is like that. And he's... Hashem said that the number of words that you said from the words The words that you said from the days of my life I'm go- for all the words that you said, 
I'm going to subtract from the from your life, from the the lifespan that I intended for you. I intended for you to live a certain amount of years. I wanted you to live like your father Yitzchak, 180 years. You said 33 words of uh, of quetching. Subtract 33 from 180, and that is 147. You're going to live for 147. That's Yaakov. We see when Yaakov passes away, he's 147 years old. So he lost 33 years of his life. But no, Hashem was telling him, your life's not so bad. I saved you from Esav. I saved you from Lavan. I saved you. I saved the Dina. It could be that he didn't save him from Esav. He didn't save him from Lavan. He didn't save Dina. It could be he didn't save Yosef. He said all of this. It was difficult. It was difficult, but 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 you're telling me that your life was bad. Maybe it was bad, but it turned out good in the end. It doesn't take away from the anguish, though. So now we come to the title of our class. According to this medrash, it's not that Yaakov looked old. Yaakov wasn't smiling. Paro said to him, how old are you? Could be interpreted according to this medrash as Paro said, what's the matter? What are you so... What? what? Yeah, what's, what's wrong? Maybe he's still grieving over Rachel. I mean, a person can... What? Sorry? Maybe he's still grieving over Rachel. Still grieving over Rachel. Could be. Could be, but but Paro has to. It's Paro's business. Business. Yeah, why is he asking? Why is he you, 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 you come. Yosef brings you. You say hello to Paro. You give him a bracha. Show him my Israel. Goodbye. What do you have to do? Air the grievances <coughs> so much that the first question that Pyro is going to ask is what's the matter? So for this for this the Dazi says Hashem Mamish like took away years of his life for this because of that. So you see here you've, you, we learn from this we learn from this Dazi that it's important in how we present ourselves to it's important how we present ourselves to others especially people who are not our friends and not our uh, acquaintances if they're friends acquaintances maybe we have some punching bags okay fine but if it's somebody else a stranger especially somebody who's not a Jewish maybe or, and, and we're, we're representing Yiddishkeit. It depends on how we present ourselves. Rabbi, did, you hear, did you already address what this sentence meant? Few and bad have been the days of the years of my life. Well, yeah. I mean, in a general sense, we addressed it. What do you mean? So, few, I'm, uh, so I'm just trying to get a little kind of confusing. Is he happy with his life? He's or? not. No, he's, he's not. not. According to what we're saying, he's not happy. No. He's unhappy. 
The Ramban's words are, Lo yedati avinu. I don't know. The Ramban says, he's writing a commentary on the Chumash. And he says, I don't know. What's the reason for the, our, our, our forefather, the elder? Ma Musar hu, she is in What Musar is there? What teaching? teaching is there that he is uh, transmitting, groaning, he is... Um, yeah. That he's complaining to the king. Mm-hmm. What is he saying that my years have not reached the years of my forefathers? Maybe they will. <laughs> Maybe they will. He's still alive. That's true. Say, I don't know. Even he gives an answer. He gives an answer. The Ramban to the question that he asks, but his but the question he gives an answer, but he doesn't ask it as a question. He says, "I don't know." What what? It's like very surprising. Like, would we expect Yaakov Avinu to respond like this? That the king of Mitzrayim of the of the civilized world asks him a question, and why why is he responding like that? It's just strange. Like if I asked you, "How are you doing?" What would you say? He's fine. And none of the other <coughs> have an answer either. Why he, why they all have an answer, but I'm saying the expression, the way that he says it is, I don't know, I don't understand, I don't know, he has an answer, but he, he says, I don't understand. The expression is, What lesson, what rebuke, what, what chastisement is there here? What, do we lo- what, what kind of etiquette? Is, 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 is to complain and quetch to the king. If the president of the United States comes and says, Lord, how are you doing? Last week I lost my mortgage. I, 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 uh, my, my, my kids don't talk to me. Wait, I mean, it doesn't make sense. You just say to the, to the president, you say, fine. Are you going to vote for... Uh, are you going to vote for... Uh, what's his name? Trump. We don't know yet. I'm saying the president. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. He's gonna vote for himself. <laughs> um. So that's interesting. Now it's interesting also to note that um, it says this. This is a mission in Pirkeiavos. The mission says in Pirkeiavos, in uh, chapter one, mission number fifteen. Mission says. Shammai Oimer. Shammai says, I say to Rosh you should make your make sure you set aside time to learn Torah. Emma Miat Vasinarabi should say a little and do a lot, like Avram Avinu, Rashi says, in Parshas Vayera, that the righteous people say a little, they do a lot. Bavi Mikabal is Kuladam, you should receive every single person. Besave upon the office with a cheerful face. Now it, it is it is it is glaringly it, it is glaringly surprising that Shammai should be the one to say this. 
Because he was more serious than Herod? Because the Gemara says in Tractate Shabbos on page 31a that a, a, a person who's non-Jewish came to convert, said to him, teach me the whole Torah all at once. Shammai the, says that, the, the Gemara says that Shammai picked up a brick, chased the guy away. Teach the whole Torah at once. That's not how it works. And the Gemara says that in the page before, uh, a person should be humble like Hillel and he shouldn't be uh, a captain. He shouldn't be strict like Shammai. Shammai was a, a strict, strict rabbi. You, can, you couldn't just... Uh, he wasn't uh, approachable. Uh, uh, approachable. He wasn't uh, a, a lovey-dovey, jolly old man. He was uh, serious. He you spoke to him wrong. He took out the brick. <laughs> and here he comes. We would expect Hillel, who's the, the nice fellow, who's uh, on air shot five minutes before Shabbos. He's in the shower. Guy bangs on the door, tells him, Asks him, Rebbe, i got to ask you a question, an emergency. And Hillel says, what's the emergency? What do you want to know? He wants to know, I want to know why these people over there, they live over there, why, why their feet are flat. You say, he answers them the question. And then, ten minutes later, he comes back, bangs back on the shower. What do you want to know? I want to know why these people live over there, why their heads are round. Shammai says, a great question asked me, my son. Let me, Hello. let me, let's sit down. Hello. Hello says, that's a great question asked me, my son. Let's sit down, let's talk about it. Let me explain to you why their heads are round, why their feet are flat. He never lost his, uh, he never lost his cool. He must have not been on time to feel very often either. <laughs> what? He wasn't on time to feel. Maybe he mishul. <laughs> Maybe he mishul, but you have to explain. That's why person why wants to know. And, that's, and why that's why he was so relaxed. Oh, that's... <laughs> What? He never had to be anywhere on time. Right. Excuse Maybe Hillel was a chassidish rabbi. He didn't have uh, times. Who knows? But you would expect him to say. You would expect Hillel to say. You should accept every person with a cheerful face. Hillel probably had a cheerful face, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> say what? Hillel probably had a cheerful face. And, and you, you would assume that Shammai had uh, not such a cheerful face, especially when he was throwing the brick. And, and Shammai is the one who says, in the Mishnah is recorded for all of, whatever it is, 2,000 years. Shammai is recorded to say that he should greet every person with a cheerful face. And Shammai is the one who, who is greeting every person with a cheerful face. So, so, so why is it that Shammai is the one who says it? So we, we must conclude that the reason why Shammai is the one who says it is because Shammai, and this is what Yisrael Salanter says in his Or Yisrael, Shammai is the, he held that this is what you have to do. It wasn't the personality of Shammai's. This must have been his position. He must have uh, held that, that this is the way a person has to conduct themselves. The person has to greet every person with a cheerful face, not only when they're happy. He's not saying you should be happy. You should have a happy, nice disposition. 
Shammai must be saying that this is the way a person is obligated to conduct themselves. This is the proper interaction but he didn't that a person has to have. But in, in practice, he didn't do it. He did do it. He threw the brick because he had a reason to throw the brick over there. But the first person approached him, he smiled at him. Rabbi, like everything in the Torah, there are multiple um, lessons that we can learn and should learn. Wait, he's not in the shower. Wait till he's in the shower. Go ahead, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, while we can't really... I mean, we have a pretty good idea of what Jacob went through, but not to the degree that we would easily be able to answer this this dilemma. But the when the the, big, the the question for us today is, what does his response? The fact that it's in the Torah actually means that we have to contemplate this, us today. So the, so the question would be, then, what can we learn from this experience that Jacob went through? Well, I, 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 what we're saying is, is that Shammai read the Torah. He read Parshas Vayigash. And he saw what happened here. And he decided that the Torah is teaching us, according to what we're saying, that a person has to greet every person with a smiley face. So it's a Musar, then? Yes. This is the Musar that the Ramban says he doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know what the Musar is, what the etiquette is that Yaakov was expressing, but the reason why the Torah is recording it is to teach us this lesson. The Ramban, Ramban, didn't, get, Ramban didn't see that, didn't get that. He has different explanation, but this is the explanation that we're saying according to the Dazakin and Balayat there, a lot of times their mistakes are recorded. A Medrash says that Yaakov Avinu, should, like we discussed, shouldn't have engaged Esav at all. He should have given Jacob, Joseph... Avram Avinu should not have... Avram Avinu should not have uh, gone down when there was a famine. In Parshish Lech, the Ramban says that uh, Avram Avinu should not have gone down to Mitzrayim. He shouldn't have left Eretz Canaan. He should have been... had faith in Hashem that he would take care of him. Yaakov Avinu shouldn't have played favorites, like the Gemara says in Shabbos on page 10b. Giving a coat to Yosef as opposed to all the other brothers. This, we learn from the mistakes. Okay, we probably would have made the same mistake when who knows, they, they were talking about great people. But the way that the mistakes are said, there's, so Shammai, we're saying that Shammai learned this lesson. Shammai holds it's an obligation. Shammai is very serious about this obligation. If he could be serious about it and not smile, he would be. <laughs> it's not a question of personality. It's not a, When the Gemara says in Tractate Shabbos that a person should be humble like Hillel and not strict like Shammai, the Gemara is saying, says Rabbi Salanter, that Hillel was humble because that's what he held you have to be. And Shammai was strict because he held that's what you have to be. It wasn't... Their... 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 It wasn't because of their personalities. It wasn't because of their personalities, but it was because of their their their, their conclusions of what of how they have to conduct themselves. So, so the, one of the teachings we can learn from this is that we we can't imagine whether or not had we been in Yaakov's shoes, whether it w- 
whether him not being the proper response to the power that we would have expected or, or might have expected. We can't know that. But Shammai is saying it doesn't matter how hard Jacob's, Yaakov's life really was. What really matters is this is the way we're supposed to present ourselves regardless of our tzuras in our lives. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, we're, we're, we're saying it this way because, I mean, it's okay. It's okay to say to oneself, you know, this is really difficult. I'm having a problem. It's okay to even say to the Rabbana Shalalem, it's okay to daven and say, you know what? This is da- this is hard. But you don't want to spread that to everybody. But 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 there's no reason to to walk around with that, with the heavy baggage. We once we once had Esther Jungreich, she came she came to speak here. She was talking about dating. She said, you know, the difference between marrying somebody who was married already before and somebody who was not married before is that person who's married before usually has baggage. Mm-hmm. If you want to imagine having baggage, is if let's say the guy comes and he picks you up on a date and you say to him, I'm coming, but do you mind if I, if I take like three or four suitcases with me? <laughs> Put them in the trunk. Because when you go on a date and you have baggage, that's what it is. You're bringing suitcases with you. <laughs> So good, Yaakov, you know, has that baggage. But he doesn't have to take him into Paru's, uh... But that's not an easy thing to do. Bring suitcases. What? It's not an easy thing to do. But Shammai is of saying course. it doesn't matter if it's easy or not. That's the way we have to do exactly. it. Exactly. But Shammai is, of course, saying it... Does he tell us how we do that? I mean, what? I mean, you know, when we read the Mishnah in Turkey Abos, when we read the Mishnah in Turkey yeah, Abos... say... What? Did he tell us how to... Not bring our baggage with us because that's a lot easier said than done. Just well, don't, don't just say, don't uh, rattle off your problems. Right. Everybody, you and you know what? And not mouth everybody mouth really mouth wants to hear us. Right. No, right. I agree with right. all of that. But when you know what they say, the world. Right. It should be well. But when the world, uh, uh, now what? you know you should. Well, but then they should but not sure. When the when you laugh. The whole world relaxes with you. Laughs with you. When, when you, you cry, cry, you cry alone. Right. So, so I mean, he, he could have said all those things. He could have said, well, he saved me in this situation, he saved me in that situation, he had saved me in that situation. It was hard, but Hashem saved me. He could have said that. He could have right? said that, but also right. he could have said right. nothing. Or he, he could have just said, fine, everything is fine. Yeah. Yeah, Hashem, it's fine. I think if, I think if part of the lesson is like, like Rabbi Bronson said, it doesn't mean that you keep it all in, but it does mean who do you tell it to. Right, I'm sure that Shammai was you not tell saying. Shammai was not saying. <laughs> Shammai was not saying that. Um, what the sign that's hanging in the cleaners. You, you know, uh, that you use more muscles when you frown than when you smile. Shammai wasn't saying that you should accept every person in face because you lose you you'll use less muscles that way. Shammai is not saying that. Shammai is saying that it's important to conduct oneself this way always. To always, always smile. Always be cheerful. Was it his quote that was in Shabbat 10a or was it, was it, was it somewhere? No, the Shabbos, Shabbos 10 is, talk, is a criticism of Yaakov Avino. 10b, I think it is. Uh, we don't have it in front of us. But uh, it, uh, the criticism of Yaakov Avino that he played favorites with his children. No, that was not the same. Okay. Yeah. 
So, if we want to speculate as to why this is important, we can say the Gemara in Yuma, page 86a. And the Gemara here says like this. That we learned in Ibrahim, it says, we say in the Shema, Vahavtas Hashem Elokecha. You have to love Hashem, your God. How do you love Hashem, your God? So the Gemara has a specific prescription here. The Gemara here says, It doesn't mean that you have to love Hashem, but you have to make sure that the name of heaven is loved through you. Meaning that you are the catalyst for Hashem's name being loved. That God should be loved because of you. You should be the catalyst for that love. That a person should learn. They should study Torah. They should do business with nachas. With people. What should the people say about this person? Happy is his father who brought him up this way. Taught him Torah. Happy is... Happy is his teacher that has taught him Torah. Olam lebriya shalolam the Torah. Woe is to people who don't learn Torah. Ploini shalom the Torah. Look at this fellow. He learns Torah. Ro kamenoyim drachav. See how nice his ways are. Kamenusukonim maisavolav. How he conducts himself so properly with such etiquette. Oimer, it, it says in the Pesach in Yeshaya 49, You are my servant, Yisrael. Hashem says, You are my servant, Yisrael, that in you I glorify myself. I say to the people out there, These are my children. This is what they look like. I'm proud of you. So, so the, 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 there's a mitzvah in, in, there's a mitzvah in the Torah to love Hashem. The mitzvah in the Torah to love Hashem is to make sure that if Hashem would be standing next to you, he would say to the fellow that's watching you, I'm proud of this. Look at look at how he's behaving. Look look how well he talks. Look at his etiquette. Look or her etiquette. What? Is it a halacha too? Yeah, it's a halacha. This was saying it's a halacha. To, that that the Rambam quotes this. The Rambam quotes this as a mission. The, the I think the Rambam quotes this, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, mitzvah number three, positive commandments, mitzvah number three. That a person has to. Here it's quoted that the Rambam is in the in the Hilchos Yisodei Hatorah, chapter five, halacha number eleven. That there's a mitzvah that people should that people should say, "Well, look at look, look at look, look at the Jewish people. Look look how nice he's Jewish. He's such a nice guy. She's such a nice person, and she's Jewish. It's because she's Jewish, and people shouldn't say chas v'sholem. The opposite. The Gemara says, I mean, you know, they'll get you every which way. These people. I mean." You just can't win with them. This is suffocating. For sure, they wrote the protocols of Zion. For sure, it's, it's all true. They're, they're taking over the world, and they, and they, they have no scruples. They have no. They have no morals. They'll, they'll, they'll rob you right and left. We, we all know they're going to believe that in any case. I, they, you shouldn't give them the opportunity to say that. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't give them the opportunity to say that, that that people should say. They shouldn't have an excuse to say what you. you 
Nobody says the Israelis don't help when, the, when there's a tsunami. That's true. Because well, they go and help. That's true, yeah. Nobody says they don't, they say everything else they could possibly it's amazing say. amazing how much they But nobody says they didn't go and help. He's apparently not sure they're the first ones there. In Haiti, too. Yeah. In Haiti, everywhere they go. Uh, they shouldn't have an excuse. They should be able, they should say, look at look, this person, it's, he's a Jew. That's the way he acts. Rabbi, when, they, when, 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 when Israel does stuff like that, is that, is that like the, the general population as a whole is consistent with that? Or is that more the, the people on, uh, that are more religious or less religious or doesn't even matter? I, I don't know, but I think that the perception is, the perception is in general like that. I assume it's the army. Whoever it's does amazing, it. It's amazing the perception that, that both sides are together like that. I mean, I heard one story, one time I heard a story, a person uh, went through a toll, they, we used to pay, you know, used to pay tolls with money. Mm. I guess you still do that a little bit, you give cash, but most people have fast track, they have... The guy didn't pay, the guy didn't pay a toll, and then he turned around on the highway, went the other side, went through the same thing. Wow. So the fellow said to him, yeah, I saw you, I saw you, Yamaka, I knew you would come back, you always do. Wow. Oh, wow. So that's, uh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what the situation is, but the people should say, the Gemara says, in Yuma, people should say, look at this Jew, He's, he learns Torah, he does the mitzvot, and, and look at how he behaves himself. Happy he is, his teacher, happy are his parents. And see the opposite, chas v'sholem. So it could be, it could be that when a person walks around, with a smile on their face, the children, even if they, chas v'sholem, you know, we all have, we don't want each other's, as they say in Yiddish, we don't want each other's peklach. Nobody wants the other person's packages, right? Actually, life is difficult. That's true. But, 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 when we walk around sad, when we walk around old, people look at us and they say, this is, this is person who keeps mitzvahs, that's how, that's how they are. Unhappy, sad, so why should we want depressed, that, that's how they are. Why, why, should, why should I keep mitzvahs? Why should I learn Torah? Well, I, don't, I need a life like that. I want to be with the happy people, the happy people who are on the, on the commercial. Everybody's smiling. In the, you know, on the Verizon commercial. Everybody's smiling over there. They get, paid find, they get paid to smile. They don't tell you that. We pay these people to smile in the commercial. They don't tell you that. But it's true. Everybody's always smiling. You notice, watch a commercial... On the Verizon, everybody's smiling. So they're so happy that they're spending five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred dollars on the phone. It's, it's, it's Kvaldik. It's so great because they know the marketing people know. They know that if you that this is already you have half the battle. You have the customer already because the, the subliminal message over there is that well, you buy Verizon, you're going to be happy. You're part of us. You'll be happy. So it works. Hashem wants. To, okay. Fine, we have issues, we have this. But that doesn't mean that we have to conduct ourselves in this way. Yaakov you know, didn't have to didn't have to show Paro all his sorrows, all his problems. Paro also had problems. Paro had plenty he had plenty of problems. We knew the future of it. Paro Paro was totally if it's the same Paro the but whoever the Paro was, he lost his country, he lost his people, he lost you know, I don't, there aren't too many examples other than maybe the Yom Suf and everybody's dancing and being happy and all that stuff and when they're in slavery, how 
upset they must have been. We don't have a lot of insight into the emotional being of, of, of people in the Torah. So I, I think we do. We have to just study each individual person very, uh, very accurately, and then I think we do have well, insight into have, different people's well, personalities. Well, you have a lot more to add in there than just the director, that's right. Yeah, but I mean, then, yeah. We're, but this is what I think this is. Uh, well, what do we title? What was our title? Uh, value the value of a smile. I think perhaps maybe we can suggest that this is the value of a smile. And you're supposed to, I mean, so you, you sometimes you, you see people that you know are angry with you for one reason or another, and yet they put on this really unbelievably fake smile, and you know it's fake. It drives you up the wall, but they're still supposed to do it, right? They're still supposed to give you a fake smile. Well, wait a minute. It also not. says, but there's a no, whole No, it could be not a fake says, smile. Why do you have to give us right. a fake smile? Maybe you give a true smile. Well, if there is really an issue that's supposed to be dealt with, because there's a whole other portion of the Torah that says that you're not supposed to be uh, you're not supposed to do a false smile, right? Yes, Torah right. says in Do not hate your, yes, right. your friend in your heart. Right. Rabban oh, points out that in your heart, too. you shouldn't hate him in your heart. You tell him you hate him. Work it out. <laughs> so Don't this is you should bring up with, a, with, your, with your rabbi then, huh? She tell him, I hate you. You tell him, I hate you because you did this and this to me. Right. I expect an apology. Right. Work it out. Right. You, you don't harbor hatred right. in the heart. Right, it's easier said than done, but we got to say it. But then you have to forgive by Yom Kippur anyways. People don't... To, doesn't mean you do. Most things. People are machmed. They wait five, six Yom Kippurs, maybe ten, twenty, Can I ask a separate before they forgive. A separate question related to this? So we're, we're done with this. We're done with this. Shukar. Shukar. Okay, so... A separate question. 